Hello, little listeners. Welcome to Open Window Stories. I'm your storyteller, Meredith Goodwin. Today's story is called Fairyborn. Just a reminder before we get started today, these episodes are pre-recorded for the next few months while I'm on maternity leave, so any new reviews or emails I get won't be read on the podcast until after I get back. Thank you so much to everyone who has continued to tune in and listen to these stories. Stick around at the end of the episode to hear about other ways to support the podcast. Okay, little listeners, ready for Once Upon a Time? Let's go. Fairyborn. Once upon a time, many hundreds of years ago, there lived a peasant woman named Fay and her husband, Bjorn, in a quaint village next to a forest. The forest was infested with fairies. Everyone knew that. So the people of the village did their best to pretend the forest wasn't there, or at least to keep out of it. Fairies are tricksters. They steal things like shoes, they set traps and spoil milk. But worst of all, Fairies don't always like living in the forest, and they can't make fire like humans can, so sometimes, in the cold winter, they think it's great fun to steal human babies and replace them with fairy ones. The village people didn't like this, of course, so they nailed iron charms to their gateposts and thresholds to keep the fairies out of their homes and away from their babies. There was even talk of building a great wall of iron and stone around the village to prevent magic or fairies from seeping in, but this story is long before it was actually built. Faye and Bjorn didn't bother much with the anti-fairy charms. They thought fairy pranks were rather funny, and since they didn't have a child, they figured they didn't have anything that it would hurt for the fairies to take. Now, fairies don't like being warded against, but they also don't like it when humans fail to regard them with respect and a healthy dose of fear. So no one in the village was really surprised when Faye discovered a fairy baby by her hearth. It was a little out of the ordinary, as fairies go, for they generally preferred to trade fairy babies for human ones, but the villagers supposed that Fay and Bjorn's lactidaisical fairy warding had goaded the fairies into especially high mischief. The villagers spent all day giving Fay and Bjorn advice about what to do. Leave the child outside the window, advised an old woman. Her folk will take her back by morning. Graveyards were work too, piped the priest. Ringed in the iron fence, she'll be trapped, and the fairies will have to make a fairy ring to get her back. Then they'll leave you fine people alone. You could always just leave her at the edge of the forest, said a traveling peddler, but you might not come back. After all, the villagers concluded, the child is fairy-born. Faye and Bjorn thought about what everyone had said. Yes, the child is fairy-born, they said to each other. But then... But then they did want children, and here was a beautiful baby girl in their arms after so many years. How could they know she'd be safe in the graveyard or outside the window or the edge of the forest? What if the fairies didn't come to get her and a wild animal got her instead? We're keeping her, Faye said to Bjorn, and that was that. They named the fairy baby Shifra and raised her as their own. She was a fussy baby, but that's how babies are. Even if Shifra's cries grew haunting or rang up to the moon on a midwinter's night, Faye carried her from dusk to dawn in her arms, singing her soft songs in the starlight, and her arms grew strong from the labor. They fed her on their own brown bread and cheese and milk, made by their own hands, given by their own brown cow. Shifa grew into a capricious child with a long, tangled mass of black hair. She liked to run. She jumped from trees. She played tricks. She talked back. In the pale moonlight, her ears and teeth would even seem to draw out into points. The villagers tisked and talked. After all, they told one another, she is fairy-born. But then, Bjorn thought to himself, All children are capricious and wild in one way or another, Faye scolded him. So they ran and played with Shifra. They treasured her antics and protected her from harm. They made sure she learned to be kind. Their little cottage always rang with laughter, and their hearth glowed with warmth and happiness. 
Despite themselves, the villagers also grew to love Shifra. It was clear they would all live happily ever after. But then... Shifa grew to be a girl of sixteen, while Faye began to grow into an old woman. Shifa was tall and lean, with wild black hair and green eyes. Though she appeared perhaps a little pointed, there was hardly anything at all to distinguish her any more as a child of the fairies. Faye's hair ran silver, and her shoulders began to stoop. However, she still ran and played with Shifra. She still sang her soft songs in the starlight. One autumn evening, Shifra was helping Faye pick herbs by the border of the forest. Most villagers wouldn't have dared be so near, but the sorrel and moral mushrooms that grew there were far superior to anything in the village. Besides, Shifra loved the shadows of the big fir trees, and she was especially skilled at finding the best wildflowers there. One minute, Faye could hear Shifra singing to herself, and then suddenly the forest was ominously silent. Faye looked up, casting her eyes all around the wild herb brush, but Shifra was nowhere to be found. Faye called her name frantically, stopping short at the edge of the forest. All she could see were trees. Faye ran back to the village to get Bjorn. Together they begged the villagers to come with them, to help them search for Shifra, but the villagers wouldn't listen, even though some of them cried to hear that Shifra was gone. No, they said, one by one. No, we can't go into the forest if that's where she has gone. And, after all, she is very born. But then, but then nothing. Shifra was gone. Faye and Bjorn went back to their cottage to hold each other and weep. Their little family would never be complete again without Shifra. They wept for a long time. That night, the full moon rose high. Suddenly, as if gripped by an invisible will, Faye stood up and packed herself a satchel. In it, she placed her own homemade bread and milk and a nice round of cheese. "'What are you doing?' Bjorn asked, startled to see his wife busy instead of still with grief. She did not answer him, but there was a steely look around her eyes. "'No!' Bjorn said when he realized what she meant to do. "'No! You can't go into the forest! You are no longer a young woman! You won't be able to get her back! The fairies!' And he hesitated, not wanting to say, but then he said it anyway. "'And maybe it's time. Maybe she was called to go back. We had her for so long, and after all, she is fairy-born!' Faye met Bjorn's eyes. There was fire there now. Yes, she replied. She is fairy-born. Nevertheless, I will go find her. Faye went on. And if she will not come back, I will be able to know she is safe. I promise I, at least, will come back to you. Bjorn bowed his head. Take these with you, he said, pressing silver coins into her hand. They are all we have to send with you into the fairy forest. Maybe they will grant you some protection. Faye nodded, grimly wrapping them in her cloak. Faye approached the edge of the wood. She walked right to the border of the fairyland, calling out with a loud voice, I'm here to get my daughter, who you have taken from me. After a long moment, a tall, slim man with pointed ears and pointed teeth sauntered into view from behind the trees. This was the fairy king. Lo, though he was wispy as a willow, he carried fear like a wolf. You make a lot of noise for one who claims a babe she didn't bear, he sneered at Faye. Yet I will bet my fate against your tricks to bring her back to my home and my hearth, so long as you will not harm her, Faye replied. Very well, replied the fairy king with a sharp, sly grin. We have waited long to pit our tricks against the one that kept the fairy child. But no harm, no harm will come to the lass. The fairy king dismissed Faye's concern with an impatient wave of the hand. We've been waiting for you. Know that as of yet she has not eaten of our tables, nor laid her fair feet on our fairy forest earth. But if she touches her feet to the ground of our forest, or takes a single bite of our food, she will never be able to return to the human world. 
The deck is stacked against you, old woman, he added, for the child is fairy-born. But then, beat Faye's heart, but then. Faye threw Bjorn's three pieces of silver to the ground in front of her. Let us begin, Finbar. The fairy king leveled his chin. He was not accustomed to human folk being so canny as to know his name, let alone to ensure their path out of the forest with silver. His pointed smile faltered ever so slightly. One and the same, he replied, bowing low. How do you do, miss? Faye snorted. I know better than to give you my name. I also know time is running out. I will not wait about for sunrise. You have tricks to put to me. Let's have them. She knew, however, that she had already passed the first test. Yes, yes, said the fairy king, trying not to appear distressed. But first, you've been traveling long. You must want rest. So saying, he brought her to a grand table, heaped high with the most wondrous food Faye could ever imagine. At the very head of the table sat Shifra. The fairies had placed a magnificent crown in her wild black hair. Faye could see the points of Shifra's ears and teeth glinting behind her human face in the fae fairy light of the moon. It should have scared her, but Faye thought she had never looked more beautiful. Though Faye knew she had only traveled a few steps in the fairy kingdom, she felt that she had journeyed a hundred miles on her own two feet, which of course she had. She found she was famished. She almost reached out towards the plate of fairy food, but then she glanced at Shifra. Shifra's hand was hovering uncertainly over a plate, as if torn between this world and that. Faye remembered her task. "'It is rude not to eat at the table of a king,' the fairy king wheedled. "'Eat, dear child,' he said, turning to Shifra. "'It's the food of your people.' But then, Faye breathed. But then. "'All the same, good king. I fear your rich food will not agree with me,' Faye said in a clear, loud voice. So Faye drew the milk and bread and cheese from her pack. She placed half on the plate in front of her, and when the fairy king was distracted, she snuck the rest into Shifra's lap. Faye watched her daughter warily, but Shifra didn't reach towards the fairy food again. After a while, the fairy king announced the end of the feast, clapping his hands loudly. Immediately, the table and the fairy food disappeared, all except the few bites of food left from Faye's satchel. The fairy king pretended not to notice, but he growled low into Faye's ear. Very well, old woman. On to the next task. As if walking blindly through morning mist, Faye stepped into a clearing. Fairy folk danced gaily to haunting music, solely by the light of the full moon. Faye cast her eyes around, desperately searching for Shifra. There, in the clearing, Shifra sat on a throne of birchwood. She was beautiful, yes, but she had never looked less human. Her movements were fairy. A dull, glassy look glazed her eyes, but her smile was broad and pointed. It broke Faye's heart to see this false smile on Shifra's face. Faye didn't yell. She didn't shout. She knew this would be the foulest trick the fairies would try to play. She stole close to her daughter's side, dancing clumsily to the fairies' dance instead of looking into her face. Daughter, Faye called softly into Shifra's ear. Daughter, are you happy here? Shifra opened her mouth and laughed an eerie fairy laugh that tinkled and chimed, but Faye could see some humanity creep back into Shifra's eyes. Listen, Shifra, my one darling, if you are happy here, I will not weep for you. I have seen with my own eyes that you are safe. The fairy king's lips curled into a triumphant smile. His pointed teeth glinted in the moonlight. Faye went on. But before you seal your fate forever, think. Is there love here? Can they wrap you up warm by the fire when you are sad? Do they know the joy of helping the ones you love in the garden? Do they know the comfort of eating brown bread made from your own hands or making cheese from the milk of your own brown cow? Will they protect you? Darling, is there love? Your father and I love you, child. If you stay, don't forget that.
Faye's voice broke in a sob. Never forget that. She first sat very still. Faye could see on her face she was fighting with all her might. At last, with great effort, she first shook herself free of the fairy king's spell and threw herself into her mother's arms. Mother, she sobbed. Mother, I want to go home, but I can't leave this forest, for if my feet touch the ground, I will never be able to walk free. Faye hugged her close. Yes, I know. Leave it to me. With that, she scooped up Shifra and carried her as she had when Shifra was a small baby in her strong arms. She turned on her heel without so much as a glance at the fairy king. She began to walk out of the forest. "'You'll never be able to carry her all that way,' shouted the fairy king after them. "'You're not a young woman any more, and that girl is fairy-born.' "'Yes,' they called to him without looking back. "'But then so was I, you see.' And though the way was long and the night was dark, before the sun rose, Faye jumped across her three pieces of silver, then set her daughter down on the stone of their hearth. Bjorn wept to see them, gathering them up in his arms, and they all lived happily ever after. The End Thank you for listening to Open Window Stories. This podcast was written, read, and produced by me, Meredith Goodwin. Accompanying art is also by me. Music for the intro and outro of this podcast is by David McLeod. If you love today's story, please, please ask your parents to give it five stars and write a review in Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help keep this podcast growing so I can keep bringing you stories. Don't forget to tell your friends. Our next story will come out on Apple Podcasts on March 14th or March 8th if you're on Patreon. Until then, check out our art on Instagram at Open Window Stories, or parents and teachers, if you're interested in supporting our show further, we're on Patreon, where you can subscribe to listen ad-free and a week early, access teacher resources like coloring pages and discussion questions, join the sticker club, and more. We're also on Public, where you can buy shirts, mugs, stickers, or anything else you could possibly want to buy with Open Window Stories pictures on them. If you want to write to me, you can at bigstorieslittlepeople at gmail.com. I love hearing from listeners. Until next time, little friends.